Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Hello, and welcome to Worship with Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. We are glad you've joined us for worship this morning, and we hope that the service we have to offer will inspire you. My name is Sarah Brewer, and I'm delighted to be here filling in at Grace while McCall is on leave to support the wider church for the coming months. Besides our weekly services of worship, there's a lot of activities taking place throughout the week at our church. If you're interested in finding out more about programs for children and youth, such as the ukulele group or Messy Church, or for adults such as our book club or crafts group, please feel free to reach out to us by phone, email, or Facebook, and we'll add you to our distribution list. We would love to hear from you. For now though, I invite you to take a deep breath as we settle ourselves into this time of worship. Have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? In a nutshell, Maslow articulated that some needs take precedent over others. For example, our physiological needs for such things as air, food, clothing, and water take precedence over our need for love, esteem, or self-actualization. It's a pretty common theory, and I expect that quite a few among us will have some familiarity with it. But have you ever wondered how Maslow came up with that theory? Me neither. This summer, however, I learned that Maslow spent six weeks in the summer of 1938 on a Blackfoot reserve near Cardston, Alberta, where he was almost kicked off because he was so culturally insensitive. And guess what? The hierarchy Maslow presented lines up almost directly with Blackfoot philosophy. Minus a few mistakes where Maslow's lack of cultural awareness felt short. In other words, Maslow stole the teachings he was given from the Blackfoot people and claimed them as his own. When I heard this, I felt disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. When European explorers first arrived on the shores of this land, they were welcomed by indigenous people. The Tuwara Wampum was created with the intention that we could live peaceably together for as long as the sun will shine. But my European ancestors wanted more. More land, so we made treaties. More power, so we created residential schools. Settlers have taken and taken and taken, and we are still taking more than our fair share. This contradicts what we say and what we sing as a church. In the words of the St. Francis prayer, that many of us appreciate, we declare that it's better to give than to receive. And this lack of congruence is hard on our spirits. It's not who we want to be. So as we begin our time together today, we pause in gratitude, 
for the land, the water, the plants, the animals, the birds, the fish, and all of the human beings, especially the Haudenosaunee, the Ojibwe, the Anishinaabek, and the Métis peoples, from whom so much has been stolen. And as we do, we recommit ourselves to being people who will actively seek to live into right relationships with one another for the sake of our grandchildren's grandchildren. May it be so. Amen. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. God stretches out the heavens and shapes the earth. Come and give thanks. God raises up the mountains and pours waters into the seas. Come and give thanks. God calls forth plants from the soil and forms animals in infinite variety. Come and give thanks. God breathes upon us and fills us with life. Come, lift your voices in praise. God gives our lives meaning through laughter and tears. Come. Lift your voices in praise. God touches our hearts through family and friends. Come, lift your voice in praise. God loves us and blesses us with everything good. Come and worship. God loves us and overwhelms us with never-ending generosity. Come and worship. God loves us and surrounds us with love in abundance. Come and worship and let us pray here in this place we come seeking you O God we know you are here we believe you are here we do not understand all of your wonders yet we trust in you we trust that you will lead us to our purpose for you are our way as each of us is whisked into the dance with the spirit we dance with you in step with you, each in our own way, met where we are with truth and love, met with grace. What a wondrous way to live. The life of the divine, the work of Jesus, the movement of the spirit, all choreographed into us, with us, through us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning. Today's minute for mission is practicing conservation agriculture produces thriving crops. It's not easy being a trailblazer, no matter where you live. Barari was the first farmer in her small Ethiopian village to practice conservation agriculture, a method of reducing tilling and using intercropping and mulching to improve the success of crops. Barari remembers the way the other farmers in her village laughed at her when she began to farm differently. It's a waste of time, they said. It'll never work. Fast forward three seasons. Barari's crops are overflowing. She beams with pride as she talks glowingly about her thriving crops, inviting visitors to taste her fava beans. Ferrari's method of farming is so successful that she's able to feed her growing family of six. In fact, 
She has so much produce, she sells the extra to buy school supplies for her children. Barari learned these life-saving farming skills through a Canadian Food Grains Bank program called Scaling Up Conservation Agriculture in East Africa. The program is important because most of the African continent's soil is poor quality compared to other parts of the world. In many areas, the soil is so eroded that it's no longer productive. Conservation agriculture is key to improving the soil, which in turn saves lives. The United Church works in partnership with agencies that coordinate life-changing agricultural projects across the globe. Your generosity helps farmers feed their families and community. If mission and service giving is already a part of your life, thank you so much. If you've not given, please help save and transform lives, inspire meaning and purpose, and build a better world through mission and service. Supporting vital agricultural programs is how you and how we help make a lasting difference. Today's Bible reading begins with a reading from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19, wherein Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Our second reading today is one of the Psalms, Psalm 77. It's also in Voices United, number 791. I cry aloud to God. I cry that God may hear me. In my time of distress, I have turned to God. With hands uplifted, I have prayed all night. But my soul refuses all comfort. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Then I recall your deeds, O God. I remember your wonders of old. I recount all your works and ponder the things you have done. O God, your ways are holy. What God is as great as you? You are the one who works wonders. You have shown your strength among nations. By your arm, you redeemed your people the children of Jacob and Joseph. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and turned in fear. The seas trembled to their depths. Clouds streamed water. The heavens rumbled. Your arrows bolted on every side. 
The voice of your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Lightning lit up the world. The earth quaked and shuddered. Your way was through the sea, your path through mighty waters. Your footprints could not be seen, but by the hand of Moses and Aaron, you led your people like a flock. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and beloved God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few years ago, my friend Laura decided that she was going to find something in every day to be grateful for. And she decided that she would share her gratitude with her friends and family on Facebook each day. She followed through on that plan expressing gratitude for so many big and little things that were part of her life that year. Then in her final post of the year on December 31st, Laura wrote, My year of gratitude has been transformative for me. In all honesty, this has not been my favorite year. But the practice of looking for and naming something that I am grateful for each day has helped me to not focus on those things I wished were different. It has become habit and I move through most of the days with my mind and heart tuned towards the beauty, joy, and love that exists all around me. I'm going to continue this practice for another year, and I'd love if some of you would join me. Let's focus on gratitude together and fill the world with awesome things. As one of the people who faithfully read Laura's gratitude posts that year, I was aware that they had made a difference in my life too. So I decided to accept her invitation. Actually, there were quite a few of us who did that, making for an interesting and inspiring start to the year. But like most resolutions, one thing I soon noticed is that most of us petered out over time. I would propose that this is because maintaining an attitude of gratitude is harder than you might think. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we would like, and it's hard to see the blessings in the midst of the lament. As well, like the nine lepers in today's story who were healed and didn't come back to say thanks, we can get busy with our living our lives and forget to take the time to appreciate the blessings that surround us. Just to be clear, though I fell away from my daily gratitude practice for a while, I've since come back to it. And when I think of my own experience, there are some days when it's hard to come up with even one thing to be grateful for. A few times I've thought about simply writing, I've got nothing today, sorry God. What I've done instead is, what I've done instead in those moments is held off until the next morning when looking back I can usually find something. Sometimes it's as simple as a card in the mailbox a flower blooming in the garden, a cup of coffee, or clean sheets. And one of the things I've noticed as a result of this practice is that I now find myself noticing more and more blessings each and every day of my life. As I wrote in my journal one night, there is so much to weep about in the world right now. The practice of taking time to be grateful each day is reminding me to look for the good in the midst of the horror 
It doesn't make the horror go away, but it gives me strength to keep moving forward rather than wallowing in despair. For that, I'm grateful tonight. I also noticed in the time that I was sharing my gratitude through social media that others also appreciated my reflections. I remember one person writing that in a world where so much is going wrong, it's refreshing to be reminded that there are also things going right. Someone else claimed that my reflections had helped them reconnect with God. And the thing is that I believe them because I remember the impact that my friend Laura's gratitude posts had on me. The impact of gratitude has also been noticed in a growing body of research, which shows that gratitude is truly amazing in both its physical and psychosocial benefits. For example, in one study on gratitude conducted by the University of California, conducted at the University of California by Robert Emmons, participants were invited to complete a short journaling exercise once a week for nine weeks. The participants were divided into groups. One group was asked to journal about five things they were grateful for that week, while another group was asked to record five daily hassles from their week. Ten weeks later, participants in the gratitude group felt better about their lives as a whole, reported fewer health complaints, and exercised an average of 1.5 hours more each week. A subsequent study by Emmons, which invited each group to write daily, concluded that daily journaling yielded even greater results for the gratitude group, with one additional benefit. Participants who reflected daily on gratitude also demonstrated increased goodwill towards others. Yet even knowing that being grateful is good for us, we still struggle to embrace an attitude of gratitude. And our Bible story for this morning reminds us that we aren't alone. About 2,000 years ago now, there was a group of 10 people who had a skin condition that was ruining their lives. So when, Jesus saw, when they saw Jesus coming into their village one day, they begged him for help. Jesus told them to go and visit the priests, so they headed off to do that. And along the way, their skin was healed. The story tells us nothing more about the nine people who were healed. What it does tell us is about the one of the ten who took the time to come back and share his gratitude with Jesus. And we aren't just talking about some little thing that someone had done for them. Leprosy in that day and age consisted of a conglomeration of skin conditions that were often contagious and fatal because they didn't have things like antibiotics, steroids, or even soap that we have today. Leprosy in that day and age meant separation from your family, your friends, and your faith community, which we all understand a little bit better this year. So it was a disease that impeded one's psychosocial and spiritual well-being along with their physical health. To be rid of that illness and the stigma associated with it would have been life-changing experience. Yet only one out of 10 took the time to say thanks. 
And I want to be clear that this is not a sermon about the nine who didn't. Our focus today is on the one who did and the impact that might have made in his life. I wonder how life was different for the person who took time to go back and say thank you. Because we know that 10 were healed, we know that 10 were restored to community, but one of them went deeper. One of them paused to acknowledge the miracle of a fresh start and the gift that Jesus had given him. Not only this one healed, not only was this one healed, but he also grew into a deeper appreciation for life through the experience. Now, I don't know what the stats are today, but I would hazard a guess that not much has changed in that regard. We humans tend to be quick to complain about the things that don't go well, but not so quick to be grateful for the things that do. We are so busy living our lives that we forget to savor and appreciate them. As one of my colleagues said about the lepers, they were close to God when they needed God, but as soon as they didn't need anything, they were off busy being well. So this week, I want to invite you to practice the spiritual discipline of gratitude. Maybe you want to find a few minutes sometime to pause and make a list of things you are grateful for. Or maybe you want to start your own practice of writing down one or more things each day. They don't have to be big things. In fact, one of the things I have learned from my own gratitude practice is that little things are often very significant to my life when I take the time to notice them. Let us pray. Holy One, you who created the heavens and the earth, the snails and gazelle, the dandelion and rose, inchworms and kittens and heirloom tomatoes, and kites and ocean waves and all the hues of the color blue, we are grateful. Grateful that we have any sense of your mysterious presence. Grateful that you give us life and ask simply that we live abundantly and fully into your calling to be your love in the world. Even so, we know that instead of loving recklessly and wastefully, we live hedging our bets and on the safe side. But we care. Oh God, we do care. And so we pray. We pray for all who suffer remembering especially those whose basic needs of air, water, food, health, rest, clothing, and shelter are not being met. We pray for all who are sick, remembering those around the world who continue to suffer from COVID-19, remembering those who struggle because of mental illness or addiction, Remembering those we know as well as those we don't who are in hospital, in the midst of cancer treatment, awaiting surgery, or facing other health challenges at home. We pray for all who grieve, remembering those who mourn the death of a cherished one and those who are going through such a loss right now. 
Remembering all those who continue to lament the growing number of children's bodies found in graves connected to our country's residential school system. Remembering as well those who grieve other losses, including the end of a relationship, a significant move, or independence. We pray for all who are targets of random violence, war, and neglect. Remembering especially the people of Af Afghanistan, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and the Sudan. Remembering also those who live with fear right here in Canada because of racism, colonialism, homophobia, Islamophobia, ableism, anti-Semitism, and transphobia. We pray for this planet we call home. Remembering areas where there is flooding and typhoons, extreme heat and drought, wildfires and earthquakes, volcanoes and melting glaciers, especially when these disasters are the result of us not caring for your creation. We remember as well the many animals that are endangered in our province, including the American badger, the wood turtle, the tricolored bat, and the fowler's toad. Help us, O oh God, to remember that we are your beloved children and that we live in your beloved world. Bring your healing and love in the corners and streets and spaces in which we live and move and have our being. We ask this rooted in your love and in the example of Jesus, with whose words we continue to pray as we say, our creator who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, as you return now to the rest of your week, may you go from this time as witnesses of what you have seen and heard. May you share God's love with those you meet. May you bring hope to those who are in despair. And may you live lives of gratitude and praise, remembering always that we are not alone. God is with us, now and forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.